Welcome to Snazzy Stories. Put some pepper in thy step and lend an ear to the terrific tales of the past. Hey, welcome to Snazzy Stories. If you want to keep the storytelling alive, please go to patreon.com slash snazzy stories and donate to help support my storytelling. Now, today's story is about the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and their involvement and participation in the Native American slave trade. When the LDS people settled Utah, they believed that they had found their Zion, a place to live together in peace and purity, and in some ways they had. However, when they came to Utah to settle, they ended up gaining some new problems, new problems that they had not foreseen. People were not tormenting the Mormon people because of their religion anymore. But conflict was ever-present in their lives because they were not the only people residing in the Utah Territory. Five tribes were living in Utah long before the LDS Saints ever thought about moving west. However, when Brigham Young, the leader of the Mormon people at the time, reached the Salt Lake Valley in 1847, he claimed he had seen it in a dream, and this was the right place for them to settle. So began the colonization of the Mormon people into the West. But conflict soon arose between the Mormon people and the Native American people. And there was conflict in many different aspects of their lives. But for today's purposes, we're going to talk about the participation of the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the Native American slave trade. Native groups had been kidnapping from other tribes and selling them, specifically women and children, to the people of Mexico. The Ute tribe would often kidnap members of the Paiute tribe and sell them into Mexico. And sometimes the Navajo people would also become involved and they would kidnap people from the Ute tribe and sell them to the people of Mexico. And colonists from Mexico used native people to work their lands and to tend their children. The Ute people were also very smart though. They could avoid being caught by or trapped or enslaved by the Mexican slave traders because they had positioned themselves as slave traders as well. So Chief Wakara, or Chief Walker, the leader of the Ute tribe, was a very smart man. He figured that if they were slave traders as well, they would not be captured by the Mexican slave traders, but they only had to worry about other tribes, other warring tribes, possibly the Navajo tribe. When the Mormons migrated to the Salt Lake Valley, they were introduced to the Native American slave trade in a very harsh way. The LDS people did not have an official doctrine on slavery, but most considered it immoral. A man named John R. Young was camped with the Mormon people in the area of Salt Lake and when he wrote, quote, Early one morning we were excited at hearing their shrill, blood-curdling war whoop. The native people they had encountered had just returned from a raid in which they had captured two girls. One of these they had killed and were torturing the other, wrote Young. One of the Mormon settlers intervened, buying the captive girl. In 1851, Mormons stopped a Mexican slave trader from conducting slave trades with the local Ute people. Chief Wakara's brother was furious at this, that the Mormon people had interfered with their slave trade, with the plan of their people. And in retaliation, he tried to force the Mormons to purchase the children they had prevented him from selling. When they refused, he murdered a child in front of them. Daniel W. Jones remembered, quote, 
Several of us were present when he took one of the children by a hills and dashed his brains out on the hard ground. He then threw the body toward the Mormons and told them that if they'd had a heart, they would have purchased the child instead. Unquote. Solomon Kimball wrote in his journal about another incident. Quote, During the winter of 1847 and 48, some Indian children were brought to the old Salt Lake Fort to be sold. At first, two were offered, but the settlers refused to buy them. The Indian in charge said that the children had been captured in war and would be killed at sunset if the white men didn't buy them. Thereupon, they purchased one of them, and the one not sold was shot. Later, several Indians came in with two more using the same threat. They were bought and brought up at the expense of the settlers. Unquote. Another incident was also recorded. Quote, Soon after the Mormons arrived in the valley, a number of Indians were encamped at the hot springs north of Salt Lake City. A little girl whom they had stolen from another tribe was offered for a rifle. The colonists at first refused to buy, whereupon the Indian began to torture her, declaring that they would kill her unless the rifle was forthcoming. In the face of this cruelty and threat, one of the men parted with his only gun. Unquote. The Mormon people were soon launched into the middle of the slave trade, claiming to save them from becoming slaves. Brigham Young pronounced, quote, It is essentially purchasing them into freedom. Unquote. The intentions of the Mormon people may have been to keep them from enslavement and to save them from death or torture, but they also intended to assimilate them and teach them about their gospel. In claims to help the native children from a terrible fate, the territory legislature passed a law in 1852 allowing the slave trade. After the passing of the law, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints began participating more heavily in the slave trade, trading food and horses in exchange for the Native American children. Not only did the LDS people feel like they needed to comply with purchasing the children when given the choice of saving their lives or watching them be tortured or killed, but they also wanted to keep positive relations with the Native people which the Mormon people also felt was necessary. Such aspects were positive outcomes. However, in terms of assimilation and attempting to end the culture of the Native American people was clearly a negative. The LDS people believed the Native Americans were descendants of Native people from their scripture, the Book of Mormon, and also felt it a religious duty to convert them. Brigham Young felt that the adoption process from the slave trade would give them their freedom but would also give them a chance to what he deemed as civilize the Native Americans and assimilate them into their way of life. An example comes from a speech given by Elder E.T. Benson. Quote, I have a little Indian boy and girl, and certainly it is repugnant to my feelings to have to put up with their dirty practices. But I have passed a great many of these things by, and this I have done because I knew what our duties were. In a short season, we shall be rewarded for all that we do to civilize this lost and fallen race. The little boy will soon be quite bright. His mind is becoming clear and perceptive. And if he sees a horse, a man, or any other object, he will always remember them. True, he has yet some of his Indian traits. And I presume it will be some time before they are all erased from his memory. Unquote. The LDS people's involvement in the Native American slave trade was twofold. First, it saved many lives, and second, it created a way for the Mormon people to carry out their religious duty of baptizing the posterity of their Book of Mormon people. The Native and Mexican slave traders preyed upon the tender hearts of the Mormon people and seemed to force them into their way of life. 
just as the Mormons seem to force their religion on their newly adopted family members. Now, the event of the Native American slave trade, the aspect of this conflict between these two groups of people is interesting. It has many different outcomes. It has positive outcomes. It has negative outcomes. For the Mormons, they felt that they were saving these kids' lives, which they were, and that was definitely a positive. But then you have the negative outcome of trying to assimilate these people into a lifestyle that they didn't necessarily want. Um, they thought that they were saving them uh, spiritually as well as physically. And in the quote that it talks about, they have these dirty practices, these Indian dirty practices. It's, it's very scary to me. It's a very scary way of thinking. And it's very sad. It's very disturbing. Because you have these two groups of people that have no desire to interact with each other in a positive way, really, uh, and to get to know each other and to understand each other's cultures. Throughout history, you have groups of people that just hate each other because they are not like each other, because they don't have a desire to understand each other, and we still have these problems today. We still have these problems with groups of people, with even cliques at schools, whatever the case may be, because they want them to be like themselves. They don't want anything different. And throughout history, this is what we see, and this is a prime example of these groups of people not living in harmony with each other because they don't have a desire to get to know each other, to learn about each other's cultures and accept each other's cultures. When the Mormons come into Utah and white settlers in general, and they're coming in to take over these lands of these Native American people, they feel it's like their right to be able to take this land. They don't understand and they don't care really that the Native Americans have been there for hundreds and hundreds of years. And the Native Americans are trying to fight back because they don't understand why they're coming in and taking this land. But the whole point is, is groups of people oftentimes, this is a human problem, it's a problem in humanity that we have, is we, we want other groups to be just like us. And we don't want to understand each other, we don't want to accept each other. And it's a problem we have in humanity and we need to stop. Come back again for another story on Snazzy Stories, where everyone has a story.